0: I said good evening. It's kind of funny. Uh, we didn't, they didn't totally plan this way, that to speak one week about uh, Myers Ayan and then the next week to talk about Ayan Hara. Uh, a lot of I conversations, I guess. Um, but they are actually uh, interestingly related. We're going to see someone I was talking to today actually mentioned that to me. That I was happy to see because I felt it was actually related to the last time, we, the last conversation. So, And we'll see it actually is um, in certain ways. Uh, I think a little bit sometimes this, they, the... Uh, other side of the coin, actually. But um, we'll, we'll see more as we get going. Uh, but know is certainly something that uh, those of you who have listened to any of my, sh- you know, we've learned together before, know that I'm not a big uh, Segula superstition uh, person. I'm not, I'm not super into those things. Uh, not that I, I'm not anti them, but I think that we have to be careful uh, when it comes to them because we, we want to make sure that we are. Um, as, as uh, another, one of, my, one of my colleagues once said very pointedly, there are 613 skudas, um that are found in the Torah, um, that our main, our main uh, direction in terms of how to connect to the Kodesh Baruch Hu are the mitzvot, and it's the Torah. And we don't look for the heebie-jeebie, uh, you know, magic wand things to help us do better in our life. The way we do better in our life is through hard work and uh, dedicating ourselves to the Hashem. Um, that being said, um, the concept of the Ayan Hara is something that I think everyone here has uh, experienced at some point, had people talk about, it's mentioned all the time, I would say it's probably said more often these days, I definitely say it more often these days than I've ever said it, um, and someone says to me, how are your, how's your family? And I say, as long as school is open, believe Ein Hara, uh, I am very happy, right? Um, and lots of things that we say right now, and people do this thing where they say poo-poo-poo. I, I, I will not reveal this evening where poo-poo-poo comes from. If somebody knows, you can tell me. Um, but this is something we all do, right? Uh, even those who are not very superstitious, we want to stay away from Ayan Hara. This is like, Ayan Hara is like the worst thing ever. Um, and the question is, is it really the worst thing ever? Um, and the first question really is, what is it? Um, is, is it a thing at all? Um, or is it one of these you know, superstitions things that we should actually not really be talking about? Um, so that's really my goal tonight, to talk about what is Ayan Hara, uh, what is it really, uh, what does Chazal say about it, what, what does it really mean when Chazal talk about Ayan Hara, uh, and then hopefully uh, get us to some interesting applications actually, halakhic applications of Ayan that, that are real things that we do or don't do, um, and they're because of Ayan and how that fits into the framework of, the, of how we understand it. So, um, if you want to run, run, you know, go to our first source. I'm going to post the source one more time, um, in the chat here, if you want to have access to it. Um, The first source or first two sources on the sheet are two Mishnayos in Pirkei Avos. One which talks about something called Ayn Ra, and one that talks about something called Ayn Hara. Which, if you're not paying careful attention, might look like the same thing. Uh, The Mishnah in Pirkei Avos in uh, Herak Bet uh, Tet says as follows, right? There are lots of Mishnates and Pergios. What's the good way to live your life? What's the wrong way to live your life? And uh, they say, what is, what is a bad thing? What's a way for something a person should stay away from? Maybe Lezer Omer, Ayin Ra. You shouldn't have an evil eye. Rebbe Shua Omer, Chavirai. You shouldn't have a bad friend. Rabbi Yossi, Omer, Shachin, Ra, you shouldn't have a bad neighbor. Rabbi Shimon, Omer, Haloven, Mishalah, if you if you lend and you borrow, you don't, you don't repay it. Fine. But the bottom line is, one of the things that we're told that is a, a not a, a bad way to live your life is to live your life with an Ayin, Ra. Okay? Then the Mishnah says, two Mishnahists later, source number two, Rabbi Yeshua Omer, Ayin, Hara, V'yitzah, Hara, Vesina Sabriyos, Motzina, Sa'adimina I'mina, That Then an Ayin, Hara, is one of the things that removes a person from the world. So that's fine and good. What's the difference between an Ayn Ra and Ayn Hara? Is that the same thing? Is it, are they different things? The fact that the He is at the beginning of the word, at the end of the word, does that make a difference? And um, they both seem to be negative. Um, and does the mission maybe the mission isn't, isn't trying to be so specific, but they're both just you know, examples of how Ayn Hara is a bad thing. But we're going to have to see further. And What comes next is a very, I would say, kind of strange Gemara. Uh, but it's a Gemara that's very, very integral to this sugya, this under, understanding, this concept. So the Gemara in source number three says the following story. Rabbi Yochanan would sit outside the mikveh. Okay, we're not going to speak now sociologically today. That would be like number one on the rabbi list things not to do. Um, but, but he would, take yourself back you know, 2,000 years, whatever, however sociologically that made sense uh, for someone to do such a thing. So he would sit outside the, the, the mikvah, and Amar ki salkan b'noz asin mitvila mistaklenbi. When the women will leave the mikvah, they're going to look at me. Vinahavi zar zara deshvirei kavasing. They have children who are, who are beautiful, like me. Because Yochan was known to be extraordinarily handsome, and he said, I'll sit there, people will see me, and they'll, and they'll be able to have children that are as beautiful as beautiful as I am. It actually connects to what we saw in last week's Parsha, actually, when Yaakov is uh, having the sheep, the, the spotted sheep, the speckled sheep. They look at spotted speckled things and they have spotted speckled sheep. Uh, children, actually, this is what happens in the story there. Fine. So that's what Rabbi Yochanan says. So Amulev rabban. Rabban said to him, you're not worried about ein hara. Everyone should look at me because I'm so beautiful. I'm such a handsome person. Everyone will look at me and they'll have handsome children. What are you talking about? Who talks about themselves that way? That you think that you're so beautiful, right? That that's that's inappropriate. There's a there's a song in like that, right? In the movie, I'm so pretty, right? That's, right. So you shouldn't you shouldn't do that. It's wrong. What are you doing? So Amaleh, he says, no, Ana de Yosef Kasina. Not I'm not I'm not worried about ein hara. Why not? Because I come from the children of Yosef Atzadik. And the children of Yosef, the sheva of Yosef, does not have, the ein however, does not impact the people from Yosef. how do I know? Ben Paras Yosef, Ben Paras Alei Ayin, the Pesach says about Yosef, he's the, the son of Yosef, uh, he's Alei Ayin. If you look in the translation here from Sefariah, so they explain this Alei versus Olei, but that basically, the, um, That the word uh, that uh, sorry right, ale, uh, right ayin can mean both, sp- both a spring and both and an eye right ayin can can mean eye or it can mean a spring so we've uh, Vov said don't realize lay ayin rather lay ayin above the eye right those who transcend the influence of the evil so the lay ayin they rise above those who come from Yosef rise above the uh, ayin hara okay. And we have more. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Chanina, Yosef, Chanina, says, it from somewhere else. The the Right, that that that's what Yaakov says to Menashe and Ephraim when he gives them the bracha that they should be Yid right? LaRoof. They should be like right. They should multiply like fish. when when fish are in the sea. So they are covered by the water. Whatever this means, they're covered by the water, and therefore the har doesn't impact them. So so too. The, the children of Yosef also, they are, they are covered up and the Ayn Har doesn't touch them. Or I'll give you another explanation. What is it about Yosef that was special about him? We're going to have to see as we go on to talk about Yosef. What's special about him? It was the eye that didn't want to take that which wasn't his. Ein Ayn Har shall let this vote. So then. The eye won't come after him. What did Yosef not want that wasn't his? Or he did want, but he didn't he didn't go after it? What was that thing that Yosef stayed away from? Presumably Ishis Potifar. Right? So he stayed away from things that didn't belong to him. So he, therefore, the the things that the things that his eye may have wanted, he stayed away from. So the in the eye stays away from him. Okay. Very interesting. But we're gonna have to understand more what does this mean that the children of Yosef don't have the ayinhara, everyone else does have an ayunhara. And, and, and why is that? And what does Reb Yochan mean when he says that? And why is that important? So on the one hand, we see that Ayn is a bad thing. right? There's this thing called Ayn Ra, that's a, a, a derech a person should stay away from. There's Ayn Harah, which is something that's motzi as a other, you know, Olam, takes a person out of the world. And that Ayn Harah is something that Reb Yochan should have been concerned about by saying about himself that he's so handsome and that everyone should have children as, as beautiful and as handsome as him. And the only reason he was not worried about it is because he comes from Yosef, because something about Yosef Makes Yosef and his children, you know, not uh, n- not have to worry about Aina, okay. And there's another Gemara Baba Metzia, Gemara Baba Metzia, that, and source number four in Baba Metzia, Kufzana Mabei says as follows: Veheisir Hashem mimchal kohol. There's a pasuk in my Bar Mitzvah parsha, in page parsha Hashem remove from you all, all sickness. amirav Zu Ayn. What is the chole? What does the choli Hashem remove from us? So it doesn't mean some type of physical disease, but it's referring to the sickness of the eye. In the sickness of the eye, what does that mean? Um, a rav, a rav Le-tame, This is rav, according to this is rav, being consistent with his own opinion. The rav solik Le-Bekivri, rav would go to the bais Akvar, so he'd go to a place where people do a cemetery, of um. um Yes, yeah, so ma'ida, avin ma'ida, avid, amar tishin ve'tisha bain ra, bain ra eretz. So if would go to the cemetery and he would uh, do what he would, you know, he would, you know, do what he would do. The, the, the explanation given, right, that he would uh, find out, you know, how the people there had passed away because he had some type of mystical ability to do that, and then he would say ninety nine out of the hundred people buried in this cemetery died because of bain and one out of the hundred died because of some type of natural means. So that's not only is that the Ayan is a some type of thing with that. It's Motzi's it's Admin that it's something that we shouldn't have a derech. It shouldn't be on the derech that Rav Yochan should have been afraid of, but he's not. And it's something that apparently makes people die. So that makes it, obviously, you don't understand now why people are nervous about the Ayan hara. Chazal are giving us a lot of reasons why an Ayan is a dangerous, bad, scary thing. Um, and this is not like the Zohar. This is not, you know, some mystical Kabbalistic Svarim. These are Gemaras. Uh, that are telling us this. So it's not surprising that, uh, you know, uh, people want to wrap red, red strings around their fingers to get away from the ayin hara because it's, it's a scary thing apparently. So the question though is, what, what is this really about? What is going on here? And, and, and what's, what, what do Chazal mean when they tell us all these things? Um, so um, so let's go to Rabbeinu Yonah. So I'm going to show you now a couple of thoughts on from the Rishonim and the Acheronim about what Einhar really means and what, and what it's really about here. Um, and it starts with the B'nai Yonah and starts with the has a wonderful, it doesn't need me to say, but uh, just real, really, all of the peirushim on, on uh, Pirkei Avos, B'nai Yonah was one of the Rishonim, just an incredibly insightful peirish, an explanation, and it's really worthwhile to have them in English. It's really uh, worth going through, B'nai Yona. In Revol be right. So one of the things a person should do you know, a person should become an expert in their learning. So he says you just have to, you know, learn Chomish and Rashi, and you should learn Mitzelah Shasharim, and you should learn Pirkei Avoth Rabinion. That's one of the things that Revolvi right? that he thinks a person should, should learn, because Rabbein is just so uh, full of beautiful insights. I, I, I came to appreciate it more during when we were davening uh, on Zoom every single week, every single day, and we were learning pretty Avoth between Minchamarev, so we learned a lot of um, So said Rabbein as follows. Trying to understand what's the difference between Ayin Hara and Ayin ra. What's the difference between these two things? So he writes this, follows. Rabbi, Omer, Ayin Hara. One of the things that person should stay away from is Ayin Hara. Uh, sorry, one of the things that takes a person out of the world, right? This is the second Mishnah we saw. Perish. What does it mean that an Ayin Hara is a thing that takes a person out of the world? Perish. What does it mean, Ayin Hara? Presumably to have an Ayin Hara, to be a person who maybe gives Ayin Hara to others. It's a person who isn't happy with what they have. And the person says to himself, "I, well, you know, it's just not fair, right? Well, I can't believe I don't have what that person has." Right? What did we say? We said, right? The following things are moti as adam olam. So one of them is ayin So what would you think it means? Ayin if, I, if someone, what, who, it takes which person out of the, out of the, out of the olam? If you, if you just understood how we colloquially say ayin hara, who's it taking out of the world? I would have said the person who is impacted by it, right? You sent an ayin hara on me, right? So the person who gets sent the ayan hara on them, that's the person who gets taken out of the world because you know, they were zapped by the ayin hara. Rebini says, no. The, who's zapped by the ayin hara? The person with the evil eye, right? It's the person who looks at others in that way, um, right? And, that, and, and when a person does that, who it's not that he's doing something bad to somebody else, right? This person causes negativity for themselves. And, right? Because he doesn't just do bad for himself; does bad for the other person also. And he, and he burns the things, in a certain sense, that he sees, right? So he sees things, he desires them and says, or, or she says, "I just it's so unfair that I don't have those things. I wish I had them. I'm unhappy with what I have. It causes bad for themself and it causes bad for the other person. Right? And not only does it cause bad for that other person, it burns. causes a burn to the other person, but it burns themself on the inside because right, 'cause they're so just have this desire for what someone else has, it, it burns you up inside. Um, and it actually impacts you physically. Ki it shortens your your I don't know what it means your life, but it means your your life force. also mina olam, and it takes you out of the world. Vizehu Ayin Hara Yoshua. Um, right? The ayin hara is referring to the one who looks. That's the point. And that's how he says that. That's how he explains it. So, the, the point being, and by the way, it's such a fascinating psychological insight, psychological, emotional insight, right? That the, the way we look at somebody else in that desirous way, because we just like, ugh, like I just wish I had, right? It, it doesn't just impact you emotionally; it impacts your physical body. And he's right. We know that. We know that it's true, right? That are, that the anxiety and, and stress and and those types of feelings they actually take a physical toll on a person's body. Isn't exactly what you want to saying. It literally burns you up inside. It actually physically impacts you. And that when a person looks at others in that way, it impacts yourself. Okay, but he does say, and this part we have to explain, that it impacts the other person too. Right, so it impacts me because I'm looking in a negative way at somebody else. It's, more, it's, it's word not appreciating what I have, right, in a certain sense. And it impacts that other person that I'm looking at them in such a nasty negative way. Okay, that's ayin hara. Okay, that is my negative eye, the way I am looking at that person impacting myself. Ulamala, but then he says, Ulamala, our two mishnahs before it says, ayin ra'a. She amidas hakilos. What does that mean, to not have an ayin ra? That doesn't mean the way I look at somebody else. That means that am kilos means I'm stingy. And ayin, to be a person who is an ayin ra, and you find this actually throughout the Gemara. We refer to somebody who gives iron ra. It's a person who gives very little. Right? They give the, le- the least amount they can. When it comes to giving truma, truma, truma is there's no specific amount. Meiser is 10%. Truma, the amount you give to a coin, There's no specific amount. But the Chazal say... If you give ba'ain yafeh, you give 1 40th. If you give ba'ain ra, you give a 60th. Right? So the, that concept of ayin ra being stinginess is found actually throughout Chazal. So that's what Ben Yonah says. Ain ra is the way I decide to give or don't give that much. Ayin hara is the way I think about what I have and do so in a way that I don't appreciate it. And I do it by looking at somebody else and saying, ugh, I can't believe that person has and I don't have. So that's what Ben approach to uh, what he explains as Ayin, ayin It's the way I look at others and the way I feel negative about what I have. If you want to pause, let's pause for a second, how does, this, how does this work with any of the, the Gemara's and things that we saw about Ayin hara? How does that work? Any thoughts? Like, what does that mean? And if Ayin hara is about the way I look at somebody else or feel about myself, so what does it mean that, you know, uh, Yohanan, you know, uh, why should he be concerned that he's telling everybody how beautiful he is? How's that how does that how's that fit? Any thoughts? Sorry? Putting the other person in the position of being Nyan Haro? Because because if he's so beautiful and someone's gonna look at him, he's gonna the person to look at him and be like, oh I wish I was a Ah, father. very good. Excellent. Yes. So the I and her in that case, they say, Reb Yochanan, you're, like show, you're basically showing off. That right? You're showing off how beautiful you are. Everyone come look at me. right? And it's causing these other people to say, oh, yeah, if, only, if only my kids could be like this guy. None of my kids are going to be that handsome. Like this guy, right? And it's, and it's, and it's it kind of like flaunting it in that certain sense. So then that's the kash they ask him, Reb this is going to be negative for you. Again, it's going to be negative for the people who look at you but it's also going to be negative for you because they're going to look at you in that way. You haven't answered all the questions yet, but yeah. The reverse doesn't make sense then. So if someone says, oh, I don't have what you have and I'm so jealous of you, then the other person may say, oh no, it's okay, you know, you work hard and you can get it. And some can have sympathy instead of, some can have a good reaction instead of a negative reaction. Right, but I'm saying it's the, it's the it's all, the I and is nothing about conversation per se, right? It's about, The way someone, again, this is how extending to Myers I right? It's all about how people view somebody else and does it lead those people to feel in a negative way or the way, or it's the way I view somebody else and how it caused me to feel inside. You're right, maybe they can have a conversation and resolve it. Correct. But if I'm if i of if Yochanan and I'm extraordinarily handsome and I put myself out there that way, so that, that's not gonna lead other people to feel bad for me. I'm the one who's super handsome, right? That it's, gonna, it's just gonna make them feel bad about themselves and maybe they'll start to feel bad about themselves and then they'll feel angry at him and it's just gonna, it's gonna put us in that cycle, right? So yeah, so good, so, so very good. So that, that maybe, that, that's a starting point because there's more to it than this, but that's a starting point, right? That it, it, it's when you cause this cycle to happen where people are saying, ooh, like, that's... I wish I had that, right? And then they feel bad about themselves, and they feel bad about somebody else, and it's, and it's, uh, it's an interesting kind of cycle that begins there. So that's, that's one piece that Rabbi Yonah, Rabbi Yonah gets to, and we're going to talk more about that as we move along. And um, what's interesting is that the of Ram in source number seven, talks about this a little bit a little bit also in a similar way. We're not, we won't read the Chavos right now, but he's going to reference this Chobos in source number six. So we'll, we'll see in source number seven that he's going to help mention it. But, but he writes in source number seven as follows. <inaudible> so the Mesila <inaudible> HaShasharim writes as follows. <inaudible> right? Jealousy is just like a lack of, you know, it, it makes no sense, basically. <inaudible> Because if you are jealous of somebody, you don't gain anything. Jealousy doesn't get you anywhere, right? And it doesn't actually even hurt the other person, right? If you feel jealous of somebody else, there's only one person you're hurting, yourself. That person doesn't lose out, right? And you don't gain, right? All you do is lose lose out for yourself. he says, I don't understand. So, so the biggest problem is that's not true. If a person is Mekana, if a person has kidna, has jealousy of somebody else, and they, whatever it means, they look at that, the other person in a, in a negative way because of that, ugh, oh, they flaunting what they have. I wish I had that, right? So that, I thought that does hurt them. That's what Har is all about, right? I thought Einharov hurt somebody. Um I'm Babasra, Asul Aramla Alamo Besada Khabe or Bishash, Shehi Omedas Bekhamusaha. You're not supposed to stand at someone's field and stare at it while they're it's like, you know, there's so much there because it can give an aynhar to them. And Rashi says, yazik Shalyazik har. So um in Bhavamatiya the Gamar we saw, Tish invitation, me suba ainhar We echabh. Lots of people die from ayanhar. So what are you talking about? So veneer l'tarit. So he said, I want to give you an, how do I explain this? Shagam imzebeged mazik. It's true, he says. There can be, it's possible, that in some spiritual way, looking at someone in a negative way, can actually do them damage. V'afilu <laughs> horik, it can even kill them. Okay, I don't know what that means. Aval ha-tivari muvu arim api yisod galdo b'chovus <laughs> ol'vovus. Because but you have to always take everything into account based on the, a concept that the t'chovus <laughs> ol'vovus says. Rabbeinu Mechayim b'chovus ol'vovus says as follows. Sh'lo shayich lahazik <laughs> o laharok shum adam ele imke nigzar aluf. No, it, even if I have a desire to hurt somebody, says the Chavos L'Bovas. This is true not just in nine hours, it's true in everything. If I have a desire to hurt somebody, so maybe I go ahead and I make a decision and I hurt them. Okay, I I, I, I rob them, I I I smash the window in their car, I whatever it is that I do to that person to, to damage them. Uh, it can't happen unless the Karash Procha wants to allow it to happen. Okay, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that the person's not held responsible. The person is held responsible. Um but it mean, but if it happened, it only happened because Hashem allowed it to happen. He could have found some way to get in the person's way; that it wouldn't happen. Right in the end of the day, who's causing the damage? It's not this person. It's like, right. Even if technically in the bed, then he'd have to pay. That's just that's just how it works in the world. Right? Nothing can happen to anybody without Hashem wanting it to happen anyways. How does he work that out? The, the, this con- the, the uh, complication between every person's uh, you know, uh, free choice and free will and Hashem's decision for things to happen? It's a good question. But his point is that the idea that Ayin Hara actually does something to somebody he says is not really true. Because in the end of the day it's these are all things that are kind of sitting and waiting to happen anyways. And that's something that actually a lot of the Rishon talk about with Ayan Haru. That even if an Ayan Haru like has some type of impact, these are all things that were ready to go. For whatever reason, Hashem makes different things happen to us in our lives, but they were going to happen anyways. And the Hara isn't the thing that brought it about per se. Maybe, maybe it, it it's the, becomes the practical way that it, that it happens, but it's not that the Ayan Haru actually causes it in a certain way. Okay, it's interesting but again, that's like a more of like a mystical explanation that, it, that does make, it does have an impact. But, but I, I think we need, personally, I need more than that to kind of explain how this really goes. So we have, again, one very kind of practical um, emotional, psychological explanation, which is, again, this explanation of Benyona, this much more kind of esoteric explanation of the Bequels of Rome. Um, but the myth of Desler, um in source number eight, um, so he writes something very different. Dessa was the mashkiah, he ended up in, in, in England for many years, uh, and he wrote a very, a very foundational book in, in Mahshava, in Jewish Torah, called Michtav Mel They actually have them in English called Strive for Truth, which is like the, the English version of Michtav Mel It's not an exact translation, but it's concepts from there. And he writes a little bit different. And he takes us back to the concept of jealousy. And he says, A person looks at somebody else in a negative way. It's true, it can hurt the other person. It goes, but wait a second, how could that be? What does that mean? Because of mentions, yeah, Ayn Har could hurt somebody. Why? Why should should Ayn Har hurt anybody? I didn't do anything to you. So why does this person become vulnerable to the Ayn Har? What does that even mean? So he says, This is a very strong, very strong thing to say. But he says it could be that the concept of Har, what does it mean? It means, yes, that people look at us in a certain way, but we are in a certain sense held accountable because we kind of put ourselves out there and are a little bit maybe showing off some of the things, the positive things that we have. And that does, if we put those things out there, what ends up happening on the other side, people respond and people react and they feel bad and they get jealous and they, and they, and they feel bad about themselves. So this is sort of the opposite side. On the one hand, the kinna, one person, a person feels is terrible for themselves and it hurts themselves and it's negative. Ayan hara is a negative thing for the person themselves. But to be a person who also walks around in a way that causes those things, that's very dangerous because it causes others to feel that type of kinna. And again, this is where it's very somewhat different, but similar to this case of Amaris Ayan, of almost like, why should I care? It's a, whatever, it's in my life. And the answer is, well, we do. Right? The, way we, the way our actions impact other people actually make a difference. He says, it's for sure true. We all know it. That any, a person who lives their life, not for themselves, they're a giver, not a taker. That type of person doesn't make people jealous. A person is always involved in helping other people and uh, and taking care of the needs of others, etc. That's not a person about whom people typically become jealous. I mean, the truth is, if the person is is you know uh, a thoughtful, you know, growing person, maybe they do feel a kina, a- but it's a positive you kina. Know, the, the the Gemara calls it, refers to that as kina sofrim chachma You can have you know uh, different educators or different rabbanim or different talmidei chachamim. Who each are giving different that's good because it makes more people learn and that's a positive thing. But but that's not the type of negative Kinda that we're talking about. Uh, Am Yosef. This is what it means that Yosef's descendants don't have an ayin Hara. That was the last piece, right? The last point the Gemara made about Yosef is that what was special about Yosef, you could argue, by the way, that Yosef is the worst person for this Ayin piece. What do you know about Yosef in his younger years? Yosef, the Gemara said, he's showing off his amazing dreams. He's, he's the most handsome. He has a beautiful clothing that everyone looks at and says, oh, he has a technicolor dream coat. Right? Yosef is the most handsome. He's playing with his hair and fixing his eyes, the measure says. Right? Yosef is the, the the quintessential person to cause ayin Hara. That's, that's, that's who he is, right? However, Yosef changes in his life. And that's one of the... Right? Each of the Avos has a, a... Well, many of them at least. We see it with Yaakov, right? From the last few Parshaos to this week's Parsha. The way he shifts in his perspective in life. And you certainly see it with Yosef. Yosef as a young person bringing tales about his... Tell, you know, Speaking about his brothers. All these things that he does that are really always drawing negative attention to others and positive attention to himself. And then somehow at some point in his time in Egypt, he flips a switch and he becomes a person who takes, cares of other, takes care of other people, literally to the point where he takes care of all of the Middle East who all come to him for food. Right? He literally becomes the caretaker of the entire world. He comes from a person who's constantly being no-tell in a certain sense, a person who cares so much about what he has to becoming a person who doesn't care about at all about what he has and just is there to take care of others. Maybe the story of H.S. Potifar is that turning point. Right. He's that, that's the moment when he says I'm not going to be a taker I'm going, to be a, I'm going to be a giver I'm going to be a person who doesn't take the things that I want just because I want them I'm going to be a person who, who acts different and that's what it means to be from the children of Yosef right continues with Right, that, 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 it's that fish what does it mean what's about fish that they're covered by water and no one sees them what does that mean and why is that like Yosef because what is it about fish? So that's all right. Because dog, you have two things. No one sees fish. If you walk to a river, you can barely see them at all. Right? They don't even, you barely even notice them. They're very sanua, in a certain sense, fish. They're just like away. You don't even see them. You don't know which way they're going. You can barely tell until you pull them out of the water. And right? then you notice, wow, like what the fish really is. You can barely see them. Um, the A person should live a life. If you live a life a little bit, not everyone should notice you, right? And a person's not interested in grandiose things. That person's not going to bring kin into the world. No one's going to be jealous of such a person. A person is, is living a life, right, where they're just trying to do good and do the right thing and help other people and grow, etc. And they're not looking to accumulate and accumulate and accumulate. That's that's the type of person who's not going to bring any type of ayin hara on himself, and won't cause other people to uh, to to feel those those feelings about themselves. So in that sense, and that and how's that Yosef? Again, that's exactly this point. So that's again, that's the good. That's the Gemara's question. I'm Rav Yohan, What are you doing? And his answer is: So what's Rav Yochanan's answer? I'm not like I'm Zara Shal Yosef. Meaning, I, I, that's not my that's not who I am. I'm not really showing off. I'm just here to help. It's a, a very high level, hard to understand. But that's, that's what the gemara means, probably. It doesn't really mean that Johan knew he was a child of Yosef, per se, right? But it means he, he understood the message of Yosef. Um, but I wanna share with you. Right. Uh, yeah. What do you take that? Like if you can afford a nicer car, <laughs> more comfortable, but are you supposed to buy the, the ugly car because your neighbor might get jealous of you? What, I mean, right. how hard take this, or how much do you have to think about all these different things, you know, living your life versus, showing off. I think there's a big, there's a line there that... There's a big, it's a big gap between those two. Correct. Look, I think every person has to figure that out. I, I, I don't think, it, obviously, there's no one answer to that question. But I think, Harvey, it's a great question. Like, how, how do you know? Um, I think you don't know. I, I think, I think you, ha- look, it's so funny, because it gets back to the same question we asked a couple weeks ago, which is, what do you want from me? People are not supposed to be judging me, right? People are supposed to be Dalekoff's People are supposed to be, you know, Say, I don't really know this person, I have no idea what they're really, what's really going on for them, et cetera. You never know. So you're right. So that's what people should do. I think it's a perspective, uh, if It's probably more than anything else. There are a couple of things which I'll, we'll mention at the end, but it's, it's a, think, more of a perspective. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just thinking that like, you know, I know in my life sometimes, if I'm trying to show off something nice, or trying to show off something about myself, it's like, really cool, really positive. Sometimes it's coming from a place of that I'm insecure. I don't feel so good about myself. So I'm gonna try to make myself sound look better or have, you know, the prettier this and the nicer that. So I think if someone's like really just living their life and doing what they want to do to make themselves happy and not worrying so much about what people think, I think then then go ahead, buy a nice car. Like, if that's make you happy and that's the reason you're doing it. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. And in fact, it's a perfect segue into the next piece, which is an, I think, astonishingly beautiful idea from Eversol on this, almost the exact point he made out of the guy. And he says, he asks this question and, and he says, what's going on in this story? If you look at source number nine, go to the second paragraph in source number nine, Eversol R- writes almost this exact point. He says, "Lameh histamsha haGemara bebitoy ayin hara." Why does the Gemara use the language "ayin hara" below bebitoy ayin ra and not the evil eye? Right? What's the difference? "Ayin hara" muvano ayin shal adam ra. "Ayin hara" is the eye, the eye, the eye of a person who is ra. "Aval ayin ra" muvano ayin shahira. Okay, as opposed to "ayin ra," which is the eye, which itself is, is evil. Okay, one's the eye of a person who's more negative, and one's the eye that itself is negative. <inaudible> What's the difference? <inaudible> stinginess. It's a good person. They just have a hard time giving more. Okay. Who comes on? He's stingy. <inaudible> this is a person who for himself, maybe he wastes his money. But the way he looks at others is negative. The Rav says, this idea of Ayn Hara, it's very clear to me. Why? There are people, says the Rav, who spend their whole life worried about what other people think. Just like you mentioned, Abigail. That's the, the, my whole life is about what other people think about me. Other people should agree with me. They Praise me, v'yifaru asam. They should say I'm great. About b'rega shemiskad alahem, shachirim lo maskim im odim mahem. Umivat limotam. The second that person sees that person don't agree with them, miyar ovdim him el kochoteym and afshiyim ubitchana matzmi. If I'm all based on if all the way I feel about myself is also so so psychologically, emotionally on target, right? That. If my if the if my positive feelings about myself are dependent on what other people think about me, then the moment I lose that, I get criticized. I uh, the person doesn't agree with me. I, I, I can't handle it, right? Because it's that that's what's that's what's holding me up, right? <inaudible> It's fascinating. In the world of creation, when it comes to learning, when it comes to, and it does, and anything in spirituality, the power of creation comes from feeling proud of what you've created. So, not just feeling of but feeling that you have value, that you know what you can do, that you have the power to create, and that you're good at it. If I feel good, if I feel like I can do it, then what's going to happen? It's going to go well, right? The man's in my mindset. The moment I don't feel that I, I trust in myself, nothing goes well. People like that see themselves only in the way other people view them. And then what's so sad about that is that you spend so much time worried about other people are thinking about you and how they view you that you can't see what you really do have. It sounds like a, like a, like a Brene Brown book, right? But this is like Rabbi Soloveitchik. For someone like that, Ayin Hara is the worst. Someone looks at them negative, they say something that they're against them they don't agree with me what V'selvetric is saying is amazing what he's saying is we've talked about Einhar being bad for the person who is jealous right because I I look at I, because I I feel like the way others look at me sorry I look at others in a such a oh I wish I had I am not know that's bad but we didn't explain this like mystical idea that someone looks at me and it impacts me. And the Rav says, no, it, 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 I'll tell you how it works. Because if, if I'm a person who cares so much about others, how others look at me, then when they look at me in a way that I don't like, I lose myself. Motsiyin olam, the Mishnah says. I lose myself. And the ein Hara, oh, but what the Rav is then saying then, is that the ein Hara doesn't just impact me because someone looks at me nasty. It only impacts me if I allow it to impact me. It only impacts me if I'm gonna let it in. But if I, don't, if, I, if I build myself up as a person who knows what I believe and knows that I have value and knows who I am, then they can look at me however they wanna look at me. But it's not gonna matter. I'm gonna be able to, to, to defend it off. My, uh, my psychologist has something said, which is that you have to be really careful if you leave your sense of self-esteem in other people's hands. Bingo. Because you don't really know what seven men do with that. Yes. It's exactly, that's exactly what the Rob is saying. It's exactly at this point. It's like, it's like he wrote a book on psychology. This paragraph, I was like, I love this because this is life. This is life. And I think it's such a, it, but to bring it into Ayan Haram, it just I just thought like, so, so incredible. Fine. So that, that, and that by the way, also you see in Yosef. How do you see it in Yosef? Yosef starts as a person who all he cares about is the response he gets from others. His whole life at the beginning when he's a kid is showing everybody else how great he is, right? And by the end, what does he do? He lives his life as a, whatever, Torah Jew. There's no Torah, but as a a God-fearing person in a land where everybody lives the opposite life and he doesn't care. Somebody once said, I don't know who said it, Yosef is the only person whose name is changed in the Torah and then the name is never used again. He's called Safnas Paneach by Para, right? And the word Safnas Paneach is never used afterwards. Why? Because Yosef wasn't Safnas Paneach. He remained Yosef no matter where he was. Right? Yosef was the ultimate. He should have been the person who could have lost himself totally and that's the moment of Asher's Potiphar is when he's about to lose himself totally. In Mitzrayim, become a Mitzrayim, become a person who's just involved in the life, whatever, whatever is good for you. And he says, no, that's not who I am. He sees his father's face in the window and he says, that's not who I'm going to be. I'm going to be me because I have value and I have co-hosts and I have what to give to the world. And I don't care what people think about me and get thrown in prison for it. Right? But that's, that's who Yosef is. And that's why if you're like a Yosef Jew, what's going to happen? The eye and heart won't hit you. And that's what the Reb says. He says, when the when Yochanan says Ana ka isna, says the rough related to Yosef. Zeh In this way, he was like Yosef. Yosef, Yosef knew who he was. Akara it came from himself, not from somebody else. Amazing. Okay, we're running out of time here. I'm going to just let you look at, on your own, source number 10, is Rabbi Sachs. Um, I'm going to now start to record Rabbi Sachs probably every week, um, because we have to. Uh, Rabbi Sachs has a beautiful, as usual, essay on why we don't count Jews. Right? When it comes to the Parshish kitisa, we're told not to count. You don't count Jews to give a the Why? There shouldn't be a Mageifa. There shouldn't be a Mageifa when you count them, which happened when, when David and Melech count, counted Jews. And, and uh, Rabbi Sack says, why? Why, why is such a big deal? So, so Rashi says, Ayin Hara, this uh, other rishonim say, because when you count a Jew one at a time, you separate yourself out from the klal, And then there's more eyes on you in a certain sense. Rabbi Sack says something incredible. He says, why is it that, when do, we, when do we count Jews? We count, when do we count people? When does a nation count themselves? To know their strength, to know their power. He said, and the Jewish people, our power doesn't come from Kochib and it doesn't come from ourselves, it comes from Makarash Parochu. He says, so when you, can't, when you count the Jewish people to see, see how strong we are, basically without Hashem, Hashem says, no, 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 no that's, not, that's not what we're here for. So rather than, how do you count Jews? So he, he writes, it's, it's where it's uh, bolded, uh, you know, a number of paragraphs standing, you see that bolded line. He says, how then do you estimate the strength of the Jewish people? To this, the Torah gives an answer of surpassing beauty ask Jews to give and then count their contributions. We're asked to give the chati shekel. The point being the way you count a Jewish person by seeing what they've given to the world. Right? We are rather that the ayin hara comes when you count me to see, see, look at me. As opposed to when you say what have you, what have you done? Right? What have you added to the world? What have you given to the world? That's the greatest way to push away the ayin hara. And I, he doesn't say it specifically about Ein hara per se but it's the same exact concept that that the more we are a person like like uh, like Rav said, who gives and is and is and is living my life for other people and not living my life. Sorry, not living my life to help other people, not based on what other people think about me. To live my life to help others and just to be involved and to do and not worried about what others think about me or how you know special the things I that I have are. So I'm going to be a person who no one's going to be jealous of, and no one's going to right. And I'm going to be a person who can who can live my life. Uh, just a couple of points which are interesting in terms of, you know, practically how Ayan plays, plays a role in life. Um, so one of the things I think people, what, this is probably a shall I get, you know, multiple times a year uh, for, for Bar Mitzvahs is how do you stagger Elias? Why do you have to stagger Elias? Because you have to make sure you don't have a father, then a son get you can't have two brothers get aliya back to back. Why not? the verse number 11. You could Technically, you could uh, call up two brothers, one after the other. ben acharav, or a son after a father. Ve'in manichin ella The reason we don't do it is because of ayn Um and, and, and it's true. That's what that's the halakha, that we don't. The, sorry, it's not the halakha, It's what we do. It's the practice. It's not. It's not us, sir. We don't do it. Why? How does that? How does two people from the same family being called up to aliyah to, to aliyahs have that impact? Because again, many many of the acharim explain, Because then people are going to say, Oh, well. Look, either, wow, look how many children they have, or they just say something like, whoa, i are getting so many leaders for, are they more hushed than me, right? It just, it brings out that type of negative attitude, which we're trying to get away from. Um, but what's also very interesting is there's this thing with the red strings, right? The red strings, people wear red bendelach, uh, they say, especially if you get it at the kotel, right? The, but okay, so what's, the, what's it really about? So the truth is that the... Um, the Tosefta writes in Source number 14 that these certain things that are darchei meaning they're like a Vodazara. And what are they? One of them is uh, chut adam you put a red string on your finger, that's considered a Vodazara, says the Tosefta. So later on, the next Tosefta, the Tosefta later in the next parak says no, between Rabbi and Rabbi Lozab, Rabbi Sadok. Whether it's our Haimori or maybe it's not, but the bottom line is that some think it's about Zara, and they think, no, it's okay. So, for those who think it's okay, and the, and the Sefer HaSteh David explains that the people who rely on this, they, they, uh, they rely on that shita. or from Gumblilo, so it's not their Haimori. But what, what is it really about? So, some explain that it's like it's supposed to be the opposite. The red string is you look at the red string, you don't look at the whatever, you know, you put the red string on, the, on, a, on a carriage, some people do, right? You look at the red string, and you won't look at the child. Okay. Like you know, like uh, I always say, not not my favorite. Uh, Malach. I much rather people focus on the ideas of Rabbi Selvichik, and uh, and Rabbi Sachs and uh, and Rabbi Yona. Right? That that, that Ayin Hara is really about two sides. So it's two sides of the same coin. Right? Ayin Hara in, in in its reality and the reason it's Motzi It's Both People It's mostly the person who looks at others and is just ugh, I can't believe that they have it I don't have. That's just, a, it's a negative thing and it, and it eats you up inside. It's mostly because I mean, it eats you up inside. But it's also negative for that person. And why is it negative for the other person? Because of the Reb says, because if I'm looking constantly for others to heap the praises on me, that means there's something about my own self-concept, which is awry. And it's going to cause me a lot of pain if I'm living my life that way because then, I'm, then when I don't have it and, and, and someone looks at me in a way I don't like, right, it's, right? It's going to cause me to feel that that negativity uh, about myself and that's dangerous for a person and that the real goal is to be both a chelko, right? to feel good and find a way it takes a lot of work to look and to say to my, about myself I'm happy with what I have I'm good with what I have um, right that's the end of that's the end of the Wizard of Oz right Dorothy says she basically says the next time I go looking for my heart I won't look further than my backyard because I realize like that's where that's, that's good enough for me someone like that right that I'm I'm good, I'm good, Baruch Hashem, with what I have. And I, I'm good with what I have, on the one hand. And on the other hand, you know, if I feel that way, A, I won't look at others in that way. I won't look at others and feel jealous. And if I feel that way about myself, then when others look at me, it won't impact me that much. Because I'll be able to say, look, sometimes we're way out of line, fine. But then I'll be able to say by myself, I'm good where I am. I'm happy where I am. I can live my life with my good parts and my bad parts. And all the, 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 the mixed up stuff inside of all of us but that I'm, 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 I'm happy where I am and I'll keep working where I am and I'll, and I'll you know, keep a little bit of a low profile because I'm just here to do, to do my work as a, as a Jew in the world. And when we do that, then we can really find uh, the true simcha that we're looking for in our lives. So uh, that I think for me is uh, Ayan Hara or Ayan Tova and uh, hopefully it can be for you too. Uh, That's just poo-poo-poo. No, poo you got it? Janet found where poo-poo-poo comes from. Spitting three times. Spitting three P- times. Three was viewed as a mystical number. When spitting started to be viewed as a crude and messy, the poo-poo-poo replaced it. The sp- but poo-poo-poo was. There you go. The spitting probably has Christian origins. Okay, good. As Jesus spit, that's interesting. Very interesting. Cool. But yes, we had, I, I had, a, we had a, a, a call with our family, a Zoom call with our family around Thanksgiving, and someone said, Something about all the grandchildren, something, and someone, and I said, I'm glad that you were virtually spitting and not spitting in real life. Um, but yes, that people do that. Okay, that's fine. Blayayin hara, and hara, it's good. You can say it as much as you like. There's nothing wrong with it. It's good, but it, but it should, it should, it should, when we say Blayayin hara, it should, it should resonate inside of ourselves and not be some mystical force that we're trying to shoo away, but a reminder to how we, uh, how we live ourselves, live our lives. All right. Any questions? Take questions. Keys in the challah? No? As you know, keys in the challah for another time. Keys in the challah for another time. All right. Thanks everybody for joining us. Have a uh, wonderful, wonderful evening and we will uh, see